2: I think I'm entitled You want I Want the Truth! You can't
1: handle the truth. Hello, hello, hello again, Freethinkers, and welcome to another episode of the Free Thought Project Podcast. My name is Jason Bassler, and joining me today is the Free Thought Project editor-in-chief, Matt Agarist. We have a very important guest today joining us, but before we get into the interview, please take a moment to like, subscribe, and share our podcast. David, better known as YouTube channel San Joaquin Valley Transparency, is part of a new breed of courageous cop watchers called First Amendment auditors. The purpose of auditing is exactly what the name suggests, where brave police accountability activists go to police stations, military bases, and other public institutions and film the exterior, sometimes the interior as well, as long as they're within the law and in publicly accessible areas. Usually within minutes, police are called to the scene, and that's when the audit starts. Will a law enforcement officer uphold his oath and obey the law to allow the auditor to engage in a First Amendment-protected activity? Or will they enforce their ego, make up laws, and violate our rights? Welcome to the show, David, better known as San Joaquin Valley Transparency. We appreciate you joining us today. You and I have been talking for a couple months now and i must say it's been awesome getting to know you you're one of the biggest first amendment auditors in the game your youtube channel has about 200,000 subscribers and you do a lot to help out the cop watching and 1a auditing community do you mind taking a moment to introduce yourself and maybe give those who don't know you a brief explanation about your work and what first amendment auditing even is sure um, so my
0: name is david uh When I was thinking of a channel name, I was kind of thinking of the area that I live in. And I live in the San Joaquin Valley, so I wanted to throw that in there. Uh, Plus, I wanted to add something at the end that kind of said uh, what I was going to do or what I was doing, and that was just bringing transparency to where I live. Um, One of the questions that I get asked the most um, is, uh, what got me into this? Uh, What started me getting recording police or whatnot? I I seen a news segment come on the television and it said that we live in the deadliest county for police justified killings. So I was watching cop watch videos around that time. And I was like, man, something needs to be done. You know, I probably should go out and record police myself and see if uh, if I can create some change. And I maybe had this crazy idea in my head that if I was always out there recording police when they least expected it, um, maybe I can. Somehow lower the numbers of police justified killings, and I knew that we wouldn't be able to tell right away. I knew that only in time we could look back and see if you know my work actually made any difference um I just when I got into it, I just seen how overwhelmed we are uh you know by getting our rights violated, and it 's not just in county where I live i've seen that we're seeing videos everywhere um And so I just realized and understood that I had to get out and start recording as well.
1: That's awesome, man. Yeah. A lot of times uh, people ask me this thing, you know, why I started to police the police. And they always assume it's some kind of negative police encounter, you know, that you had the shit kicked out of you or you're unfairly treated or something. Um, Well, I understand that perspective. I think it's, also important to remember that sometimes people just see an injustice and they want to get involved. They want to try to better their community. So, yeah, you know, it, it shouldn't be the first thought that people have. But I guess there's such such admiration for police that a lot of times people think that if, if you're not force police, if you're not pro police, then, you, you know, you must have had some type of terrible experience or either that or you're a criminal. You know, we get that a lot, too.
0: Right. I mean, it's kind of weird that uh, police use propaganda slogans, and I even wonder if, like, the banners that they use, like, back to blue and the blue line flags that they hang on inside the police stations, if that's paid for with tax dollars um, I feel like if the police were always on the up and up, would they really need slogans to, you know, remind people, you know, that, you know, they're heroes and first responders are heroes? I mean, we get it. We get the idea. But do we really need propaganda to make it look good? I mean, it feels to me like the news is complicit with bad behavior because they don't really highlight, you know, unless it's like it just shows like one certain thing they're trying to push an agenda. Um, but in all reality, I it just it seems like, um, I don't know, something's really got to be done. Sure.
2: The best propaganda post would be just least respecting rights and upholding the constitution he wouldn't <laughs> yeah. need to do any of that you know? <laughs> instead of arresting these people for making videos and filming them you know they should just respect their right to do it in public
1: right <laughs> yeah there's a, a term for that i think it's copaganda you know instead of propaganda <laughs> but uh you touched on something there and i think it is important to, to mention to both of our viewers you know um Mainstream media generally only covers a lot of the bigger stories that happens within the police violence, police accountability world. Um, a lot of times more um, local news is covered by you know, local channels and whatnot. Uh, a lot of times people think that they could trust those local channels, and I'm not going to say 100% of the time you can't, but there is incentive for those local channels to try to uh, portray their local police in a certain way because they have uh, a partnership with their police. You know, there there is, um, you know, it, it kind of goes both ways. So if they're getting leads from the police or if they're getting some type of information from the police, they don't want to necessarily shine them in a, put them in a bad light because it's less likely in the future they're going to get you know, that jump on a story or that quote on a specific incident or whatever. So that's something to also keep in mind. And it's also another reason why alternative media is so important. You know, we say straight up that we do have a bias. Yeah, like we, we do have a bias. You know, a lot of news agencies try to tell you that they're, you know, strictly objective. But no, like the Free Thought Project, Police to Police, like we're clearly for freedom we're clearly for peace and we're clearly for for accountability you know, and those aren't three things that you're going to hear from local or mainstream media news but um you know again you can't always trust exactly what these guys are saying because they have incentive to try to portray police in a certain light you so yeah, right we this.
2: have uh, we've actually covered several stories where the local uh, not local police department the local news has been cut off from information, so the police no longer inform them as to like traffic accidents or or murder scenes or anything like that. So they can you know show up and report those because they've they've actually shown police in a negative light. So they just they cut them off. You know they don't, they no longer give them this this privilege of, of of inside tips and then and withhold information from them. I'm actually uh, there's a perfect example that I'm covering story for the weekend. This kid named John Albers. He was a 17-year-old kid who was gunned down in his driveway by a, uh, by a cop who eventually walked, didn't get any, um, no accountability whatsoever. In fact, he got like a $70,000 bonus um, later after he killed this kid. And the kid was unarmed, and he, he, the cop was there for a welfare check. And when he was backing out of the driveway, the cop feared for his life and put 13 bullets in him. But so the uh, the Kansas City Star and another local media outlet, caged. UB or something. Um, they they hold the police accountable. They actually you know report and show the, the negative aspects as well as the positive ones too. But because they've shown like so many negative ones, the police have failed to give any words to the press on uh, on why the the cop who killed Alvarez was um, you know was cleared. They've and this is in spite of the mayor saying you know back in 2018 when it happened that they were going to release all these records once the investigation was complete. And they have yet to do that, and the Kansas City Star and this other local news affiliate have both sued um the the police department there because they you know they've they refused to release it, and they've also filed the Freedom of Information Act request, and they've all been denied and because they have this bad relationship you know they're 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 showing police they're holding police accountable so they don't get this uh this quid pro quo that you know that other pro police uh local media outlets get. Which is also that's another reason one i want to bring up I was thinking about is the 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 uh every time someone's killed by police you you know the they go through the the rap sheet of this person's prior criminal record and they just drag their reputation through the mud you know and 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 this is like something that every single local media outlet does like that has anything to do with justifying the, the the fact that they were killed or beaten you know oh this guy had three arrests for marijuana in the past so we should probably look the other way now that the police killed him, even though he was unarmed, you know, and presenting no threat whatsoever. So, yeah, that's a, it's a crazy relationship that the police have with the media. And, um, yeah, we've never talked about that really on a podcast. So I'm glad that got brought up.
0: It also seems to me like um, they sweep under the rug stories that uh, mean something that if you really dig into it, you're going to find something. And one of those stories to me uh, for me, is uh, Elijah McClain's story, um, how he was uh, held down, choked out, and then they injected him with ketamine. Why is that story not out there as much as any other story? And I, I feel like that's the reason why, because you're going to get into the topic of that. And it just seems like that's been swept under the rug. I've made several videos on that. They get shadow banned. Um, they, the monetization turns yellow. It just doesn't go anywhere. And it seems like, I don't know, who's monitoring these stories, you know, and it's in the news and it's like, it seems like it's on social media as well. I mean, just that story won't go anywhere. And I've, I've tried my best to talk about it and explain what happened there and it goes nowhere. Same thing with uh, qualified immunity when I spoke about that over two years ago.
2: Man, in, in Aurora, that situation with Elijah McCain is particularly egregious because they – the cops that all that you know that held him down. He was innocent. For those who aren't familiar with the story, uh, this was an innocent kid walking home from getting some groceries, and he was an introvert, so he liked to wear a mask as not to you know interact with the public. And he was detained unlawfully, thrown to the ground, held down, choked out, and then forcibly injected with ketamine, uh, a, a sedative that makes a lot of people hallucinate. Uh, but and then he died shortly after that, and the cops that did it, they all walked. <laughs> no, not a you know, they ruled the death justified. Um, this is, and then, then like three months later, some other cops with the department went back to the same scene where Elijah McCain, McClain was killed and then reenacted his murder and laughed about it and took pictures of themselves, like choking each other out. And, um, and those cops would, like, got like a couple days suspension or something for that only because it, you know, it, it became public. Had it never become public, nothing would have ever happened. but, None of those cops have faced accountability. And the only people that actually are facing accountability for it are the people that protested it. And some of the protesters are facing up to like six decades behind bars because because they chose to protest, um, you know, Elijah McClain's death and the fact that people, the the cops who killed him weren't held accountable. They're charging these like it's a little white girl and a little white dude for what they're charging with, like, eight counts of kidnapping or 18 counts of kidnapping police because they were part of a protest or helped organize a protest that actually surrounded the Aurora police department precinct where the cops were that had killed Elijah McClain. So the cops said that they were scared and couldn't leave because there was a protest outside. So therefore they were kidnapped and, uh, and the people that organized the protest were the kidnappers. And <laughs> I mean, that's, that, that's how deep this crazy shit goes that these people are now facing you know, they're facing the possibility the rest of their lives behind bars because they protested a police killing. And then the police can be able to spin the legal ease into this to
1: to make it as they were kidnapped. That's,
2: I mean, that's, come on, man. It's, it's, it's
1: serious. That's exactly why we created that uh, Facebook page several years ago. Cop logic, you know, just trying to highlight all the ridiculous logic that these these officers come up with when whenever they're either giving their narrative or filling out their reports. You know, it's just a bunch of nonsensical copsplaining. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you guys. You know, the Elijah McClain story, it should have been just as big, if not more, viral and more protests, the George Floyd killing. You know, it, it was kind of interesting when the George Floyd incident happened. We've covered several stories over that like that over the years you know of of cops kneeling on somebody or you know five or six cops putting all of their weight on a individual and they you know they'll actually die in that position and uh you know it it seemed like it was a bad video don't get me wrong uh it just didn't seem like it was totally outside of the normal as far as creating this huge uproar and a huge backlash against the police. So when it happened, you know, me and Matt and a couple of people on our team were like, you know, this is obviously a horrible situation that happened. But, like, why is this specific one going so crazy? Like, why are people so like, – it wasn't like George Floyd was this well-known person, you know. Uh, nonetheless, any, uh, you know, any loss of life is always tragic. But um, some of these stories are worse than others, you know. And Elijah McLean's is certainly one of them. One of the things I was going to ask you, though, is there's certain like expressions that auditors use. Like if you've watched a handful of auditing videos, First Amendment auditing videos on YouTube, you you hear such expressions like you're dismissed or tell that to the judge. Or I think one of your favorites is kick rocks. It seems like these phrases have gone like viral amongst the auditing community. Do you know like where these have stemmed from? I'm sure you've created a couple of them and like people have caught put on. That, put that in the title of your video and watch it go viral.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, there's um, definitely catchphrases. When I first became an auditor and I met a woman named Susan Bassie in Sacramento and she, at a courthouse, she had been arrested for recording inside the courthouse. Um, Her finger was broken. And when we were in there, she was totally blown away because we all had cameras. And she was like, I was arrested for the same thing you guys are doing. And I told her, we're auditors. And she said, who are you? And I said, San Joaquin Valley Transparency. And she's like, I know your channel. And I was like, oh, man, that's cool, right? Can't wait to put that on my channel, right? Um, But I talked this woman into creating a channel of her own. And I helped her get her channel grow a little bit. Um, But one of the things she taught me was, you know, you guys need to stop calling yourselves cop watchers. You guys need to stop calling yourselves auditors. Call yourself a journalist because Mm -hmm. there are actual laws that protect you as a journalist. So um, I started to understand these things little by little later on. But this whole cop watching genre thing, to me, it was like amazing. Like I started watching a channel called Citizen Ho and he was he totally blew my mind because I didn't know you can talk to police like that. Let alone record him in public, right? and so when I'm watching this guy do his work, I watched his videos probably like twenty thirty times each one. I was totally like I was invested in it um and so i when i like I said later on, I started auditing and cop watching the the auditing term kind of took off on its own first amendment audits it kind of took off on its own when I came on scene, there was only probably a handful of auditors out there um I don't really want to talk down on them, but it seemed like these guys were like doing their own thing. They didn't, it seemed like they were trying to corner the market, maybe discourage folks. And I can hear, you know what they were saying. Um, and it just seemed very discouraging. So when I came on scene, I started to kind of say things like, come on, you guys pick up a camera record, you know, you guys don't have to donate to me, pick up a camera record and hold your own officials accountable. And, uh, Little by little, a start, uh, channel started picking up. The channel Wolfie Gladly went out and did an audit. And uh, more channels started picking up and doing it. And then I started sharing their videos and helping their numbers grow. And the next thing you know, this whole uh, First Amendment auditing thing just started taking off. But I don't want to take credit for that. I think it was already taking off before I came on scene. Um, and there was channels that were coming on. like you. There, I feel like First Amendment audits kind of got a bad reputation Um almost from the very beginning, just because the biggest channel, when I came on scene, only had, he had like 24,000 subscribers, and that was like big, right? Um, But this guy wasn't a great guy, man. Um, And there was other people that came on scene, and I'll give you an example. There was an auditor that was, um, this particular auditor was transgender, but the uh, auditor was, uh, the camera was facing the uh, serviceman's crotch area, and the auditor says, and this is kind of gross, uh, but the auditor says, I can't wait to look at this later. I'm gonna take it home and go beat off to this. And I was watching this and I was like, oh, dude, I was like, no way. So I left the comment. I was like, perversion is not why we do this, right? And next, thing you know, I get attacked from their their channel's people. So I kind of knew that first, auditing wasn't wasn't gonna get picked up in a in a good way. Um, I knew that when local media uh, local news stations mainstream even if anybody picked it up they're just going to highlight the bad that we do and especially if there's an agenda to take our right to record away the bad that we do is going to um benefit that idea you know to let's stop these people from recording and 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 i and i got to be honest um jason matt um mistakes along the way i feel like i was a, a little chihuahua cornered in the in the in the you know cornered and just getting ready to bite i was afraid of cops man my whole life maybe it was because um weed was illegal for so for so many years and it carried a bad stigma and i always had a little bit of weed in my pocket and i was like you know just walk a straight line look straight never you know but now weed's legal um but i see cops now right and not not only do i have my uh my camera ready to go. Like if I see cops, I'm no longer scared, man. I'm trying to flip it and trying to get a cop watch in. And it's a whole different feeling. It's empowering. Um, I know I've kind of went off a lot on on saying a lot of stuff, but First Amendment audits, I feel, has had bad uh, stigma. ACLU, from my understanding, wants nothing to do with auditors. Um, Mainstream media wants nothing to do with auditors. Local news won't pick up our arrests. Um, and when they do, they still try to make us look bad. I mean.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was really late to the game with auditing. In fact, that was one of the questions I had for you is like, when did all this start? Um, but you know, I was I've been in the, the cop watch cop block community, you know, since like 2011, 2012. Uh, so as Matt, maybe even before that. So I was really excited to hear about this whole community. And at that point it was already thriving. You know, there was already a lot of channels out there and, to me it's some of like the bravest work that you could do it's it's one thing to listen to like a police scanner maybe try to show up at the scene of like a you know traffic stop or something and try to film them at that point but it's a whole other ball game when you're actually going to these government buildings and you know putting cameras out there and sometimes you know you're in not necessarily I don't want to say in people's faces but you're 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 in publicly accessible areas doing a First Amendment protected activity. So technically, legally, you're not doing anything wrong, but still, you know, these these cops and sometimes even employees at these public institutions, you know, they they get triggered, you know, and they see a camera and they don't understand or know what the First Amendment applies to. So they, they think that you're doing something wrong. So a lot of times when we share these types of videos on our channel, people who are unfamiliar with auditing, they'll sometimes claim that the auditor is just trying to provoke police into some type of negative encounter or or try to make them do something that they're not supposed to like what what kind of response do you have for those types of people
0: when when i'm out there auditing myself personally let me speak for myself um we can do two things when it comes to the common person um like there's a common person that'll be out there and, and they'll have a face like what are you doing man why are you recording me and then you can either be like like some of the guys that are out there right that really like the confrontation they'll be like what do you care? And they just, and this is just a common person. And I always say this, man, look, I'm not a politician, but I want to win over the votes, at least for the First Amendment, at least for the Bill of Rights that that was actually written uh, to, limit the, to limit the scope of authority of these public officials over the people. Um, so that's kind of my whole take on it. When it's a common person, just like an example on one of my videos, uh, she turned around, and she was like, oh, like gave me like a really funny face and she was asking me what I'm doing. And I told her, oh, man, we're just here to record public officials on the course of their duty to make sure that they're doing their job for you correctly. You know, you can also pick up your camera and record. And that lady's face went from like bugged out to like, thank you. And I was like, you're welcome. Whereas certain go, and they would say like, what do you care? It's my right to record. And, and leave me alone. And just, you're stupid lady. And it's like, oh, man, where are we going to go from here, dude? Like, right. of course, we're getting a bad name because and who am I to tell this guy? Hey, uh, don't say that, man. That's he's It's going to oh, it's my First Amendment right. You know what I mean? So sure. how do we want to do this, man? How do we want to approach this? I feel like we can try to do as much as we can. And, and me personally, man, I try to lead by example.
1: Right. That makes any sense. Well. If I could jump in here for a second again, I don't want to dominate the conversation too much. I know Matt probably has something to say as well, but unfortunately, I think there is a reason why the mainstream ALU don't want anything to do with auditing. And you're exactly right, because there is an incentive for these channels, for these auditors to be confrontational, because look, you get that quick clip that you could put in the very beginning of your video, which, you know, is going to draw in more views. So, and there's a lot of people who are making money from doing auditing and, uh, you know, that's a whole business and lifestyle in itself. You know, it it kind of reminds me of Tom Zebra, you know, he would be cop watching. And he lived off of several lawsuits that, you know, he ended up getting fifty, sixty, seventy thousand $70,000 from. So, I mean, there is money to be made doing this. And unfortunately it does kind of incentivize that that negative behavior where yeah that confrontation could easily you know spark up a viral video really quickly but at the same time it kind of makes all auditors look bad it kind of makes all auditors look like they're a bunch of dickheads who are just confrontational idiots you know and i feel like this is so much more important than that but uh yeah there is that monetization factor um yeah you you know it's hard to get away from that, um, that monetization
0: factor. I think for me personally, I realized and understood. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't dead broke when I came into this, so obviously this wasn't gonna completely um, change my way of thinking. Um, I knew I, I had to stay the course, and I will say that there are very good channels out there right now that that try to do this respectfully. Uh, we all have our bad days, um, but when you're out there and you're in the face of public officials who you know who who sometimes are worse than we are uh you know they uh and I tell you what sometimes the worst ones are the ones that smirk at you, they know you're vi- they know they're violating your rights um and they're threatening you in a calm manner and demeanor and if hey, you don't back up, we're gonna arrest you, you know, give up your name and your i d and and you know when it comes to auditing, look, we got a bad reputation uh, uh, because of the mistakes that we have made, but we have also created change and uh One of the things, I, another thing that I learned from Susan Bassey, and this is one of the things that I feel I help channels for a reason. Like with me, when it comes to politics, I don't care if you lean towards the left, or you lean towards the right. I want to try to straighten people up and push them forward and say, hey, man, this is where we need to be. We need to start holding these officials accountable. If it doesn't matter who's in power, if we can control their strong arm, which is controlling us, the power goes back to the people. So... You know, I do a lot of talking behind the scenes with channels. I try to help them out with their editing skills. I try to help their voice grow. Um, like I said, I feel like some of the channels before me were pushing a lot of propaganda for us as well. And, you know, there's things that I probably shouldn't even talk about. But there was people that also were wanting for us to get arrested so that we can hire them as an attorney. And they were like snitching on auditors and stuff. So there was a lot of things going on behind the scenes. Um, I don't care too much to elaborate on that because I do see that we are making change. One of the things that I learned from Susan Basti is we have the court of public opinion on our side. There's a channel called Press On who doesn't really consider himself an auditor or cop watcher, um, but he has one of the best channels out there. As a matter of fact, man, he, this guy don't monetize. He doesn't ask. He doesn't put a donation link I'm Trying to get this guy a brand new iPhone and take it to him, dude. I said, how can I send it to you? Or send you donations, he's like, find me and put it in my hand. You know, like, but the things that this guy says, you would just, it will totally blow your mind. And these are things that people are bringing to the table that we can all pick from and learn from. And uh, we should be discarding what doesn't work in the trash that makes us look bad. And keeping what makes us look good and what will bring uh, the smarter people behind us. Because I always say this, Jason, I, I know you tell me don't say that, but I always say I, I feel like I'm not that smart anyways, man. I just want to stick my foot in the door and let the smart people come in behind me because they're the ones that are going to change things. You know, they're the ones that are going to bring that uh, verbiage that knowledge, going to make everybody understand, you know, we need to. Stop speaking like we do in the streets and start speaking from the law books the way they speak in the courtrooms when we 're talking about law that's how we get confused that's why these officers who are under trained they're very young they 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 they're they're hired um, before they can have any kind of life skill and You have these officers basically babysitting america with with absolutely no knowledge of law when something happens, we got to hire an attorney that is very expensive and their attorney when they make mistakes is still paid for by the tax the taxpayer so it's just a lot that goes into you know this whole thing and i didn't understand everything like i still don't understand everything right but as far as like police accountability i what i understood when i first began was was a small fraction i was in its infancy of understanding of all of this and now it, it seems we are um, teaching people. It seems like this is taking off. And no matter the mistakes that we have made in the past, we have amazing channels that are educating people. News Now South Carolina. We have Amity Press, Rights Crispy, Wolfie Gladly, um, and certain a lot of different channels uh, that are very good in what they do. Bay Area Transparency is another good channel. Um, he has certain... Different approach. Everybody has their own approach and everything they're bringing to the table. And look, man, look, we can pick at people and say, "I don't like this about that person." But what about the knowledge? What about uh, the the value, the educational value that he's bringing to the table? That's why audits picked up and took off, man.
1: Yeah, I could uh, very much vouch for David. He, since the beginning of our communications, he's been trying to help however he can. He's been trying to get us to create a YouTube channel so he could help push it. And he's offered endless amounts of knowledge. And I appreciate it, man. I wish there was more people like you, not just in the, you know, 1A auditing community, but just all activists because, yeah, you're right. It unfortunately turns into a competition a lot of times. And, uh, you know, I'm more into the co-opetition. you know, where, sure, we could still compete, but let's also help each other. Let's network. Let's find mutually beneficial ways to Help ourselves grow and uh, get our our work and our names out there even more. You touched on something there, and you know modern day law enforcement unfortunately it, it seems like there's a profound lack of knowledge of the law it It feels like every almost every time I watch an auditing video or even just a you know straight up cop watching video, whether it be at a protest or whatever, cops don't know the law they don't know a lot of the codes, the penal codes that they're enforcing, a lot of times they're just enforcing their ego. In fact, I want to touch on that here in a few minutes about one of your most viral videos. But what does it say about cops in America when activists know the law better than they do? And uh, like, how do you think we could change that besides, unfortunately, trying to embarrass them by putting them on YouTube and you know highlighting the fact that they're so ignorant to the law? I mean, that's. It's an effective approach, but it seems like it's also a very slow-moving approach. You know, it it can only really affect one officer at a time. It makes me wonder if this was all created by design
0: or if this was just an accident that humans (laughs) stumbled on, you know, giving them full power, full control over the people with absolutely no education, no life skills, um, no, no knowledge of the law or the Constitution, Countless videos we have asked them to repeat their oath, and and it's very simple, and they don't. They don't repeat their oath, and mostly it's because the oath stipulates that they are sworn under the Constitution uh, to protect the the rights of the people, right? Um, But that's why they don't. So is it by design? Um, At this Man, it doesn't even matter. Uh, I was watching a channel uh, called Jersey Watcher. And one of the things we've, as auditors and cop watchers, been advocating for so long is the the blue line flag and how it's a disagreement of the American flag and how veterans comment on our channels all the time and say, man, that's that's a slap in the face to my brother who died out there. Right. Or whatnot. Um, and so we've talked to cops. Me personally, I've been like, hey, man, why do you wear that blue line flag? Um but in a video jersey watcher did he got the officer to take down the the police station to take down the flag and man i'm not going to lie that felt so good and i'm i'm editing the video and i'm but then i realized something and i said wow man we've been duped we got duped again because here we are sitting here fighting for the desecration of a flag to bring it back to where it should be right the red white and blue but now we got this op- this station that took it down but what did we win there's the policies are still the same nothing's going to change um we didn't we didn't win we we got duped into fighting something fighting for something that in reality when you finally get it what do you win um so yeah it makes me understand and question things um when it comes to auditing and cop watching i feel like One of the very first viral videos of police brutality was, um, if not the first viral, was Rodney King, right? Um, so we have someone that recorded that, and then we have these uh, checkpoints refusals, um, and then you have people getting pissed off. What I stumbled into Russia, they're recording police and they're asking questions. Get people getting pissed off and, and demanding their rights, right? Um, and then you have the police uh, arresting some of those checkpoint refusal guys and taking away their cameras or whatnot. But then uh, technology, we got empowered with recording. So then people started live streaming, buying smaller cameras and hiding them or whatnot. So we begin to see this uh, clearer what's going on, a clearer picture. And then we have, fast forward, we have what I like to call is level two. Um, first, we have the Rodney King and the point refusals. And then you have cop watching. To me, all that seems like level one. Level two seemed to be going into these places and asking questions. We didn't know we had the right to go into these public buildings and ask questions. And one of the the questions that we ask and makes everybody run and scatter is, where's our tax dollars? (laughs) How are you spending our money? And these people like to call the police on auditors, right? And they like to say they're disturbing the peace. When cops come, they're like, bullying around. You raise your voice, you're disturbing the peace. She said you're disturbing the peace, so you're disturbing the peace. It's all right here on video. And so what happened years before when people went into these uh, installations, these government installations, writing questions When the per- and, they, and they're not recording, when the person gets pissed off and says, I don't like the way they're talking to me, can call the police and get them out of here, um, disturbing the peace. You know, you can't prove it that you weren't. So that to me seems level two uh, seems to be like auditing because here we are, people now understanding that we can actually go in there and ask these important questions um, and they need to be answered. Uh, then we have, which I consider level three. And auditors, we're not there yet, bro. There's one guy, Jersey Watcher, that I just mentioned. Um, and cl- clearly, he's not the first guy to do this. But to me, he's one of the first guys to master the art of this. But he goes into council meetings, and he's sitting there, and he's holding them accountable. There was one video that I truly love, man. And let me tell you a little bit about this guy. He'll go to a BLM gathering, and he'll wear his um, his red hat, his uh, Make America Great Again hat. But he'll also go to a Back to Blue Make America Great Again gathering wearing, wearing his BLM stuff. This guy is like a super troll. He wants to piss people off. And to me, I feel like our feelings, they need to be touched, bro. We need, our feelings need to be, we need to be told, Hey, you know, I don't like you or something, you know, because that's their freedom. Um, and so when Jersey watcher goes into these places, he, he demands answers and it's crazy because these, uh, they try to tell him you, you can't, you can't say this. You can't say that. And he'll straight talk to the city attorney, city attorney. You can't stop me. They can't stop me. You better talk to them. And the city attorney will look over there and tell him he has the right. You can't stop him. Start his time over. Pause the time. Hey, he's interrupting me. He's interrupting. He better pause the time. And it's amazing to see this kind of work. I believe we need to progress as auditors. And look, man, we've Bay Area Transparency calls me the other day. He's like, "Damn, bro." He's like, "Now I know why you share videos and do other stuff for YouTube. The algorithm mines Like, I just went out auditing all day. For a whole week, and I didn't get no audits. they were all boring. um I think that they're starting to call each other and tell each other um not to talk to me and I said, bro, welcome to my world. I said Bakersfield, California, right here, um they sent out a notice and an email to all the and I know this because I got friends and their wives that worked in these places, right <laughs> and so um, they said that they got the email and uh talking about my channel specifically not to not to address me in any way because then I'll make them famous on YouTube. And uh, not only that, but the city attorney also wrote up a piece of paper for the police to read to me when I'm out there talking about it, uh, time and manner and you got to step <laughs> back. And I'm like, uh-uh. now I understand things like Glick versus Kniff. And in that case, uh, he was uh, 10 feet away and um, they cannot say that you're uh simply from just standing there recording that you're interfering it's, it's an, unless and one of the things i say to all cop watchers is this man don't address the cops until they address you first and then you can ask for the name and badge number so.
1: yeah and that's one of the most important powerful things that we could do right off the bat is anytime you're starting an interaction with a police officer you ask them what their name badge number is, ask for three forms of identification and put them in a position where they're answering your questions. And that immediately lets them know that, Hey, this person isn't just the average Joe off the street who doesn't know their rights. Like this person is trying to hold me accountable already. And of course, when you're asking those things, you should probably already have your camera out.
2: Yeah. Um, the, the cops getting a memo for you to, on how to handle you and not engage with you, man. That's to me, that's a victory. You know, like the, the the thing that makes these audit videos so viral is because the cops are ignorant to the law. Well, I mean, now that they're not harassing you for filming, you know, on these locations, that means they're getting the law and it's working. Uh, I mean, that, there's like a few videos on the website that we've covered over the years of cops that are actually approach an auditor, uh, someone filming like a government building or uh, from a public sidewalk in front of any other number of buildings that cops like to harass people for filming in front of. And they've actually, you know, gotten out and upheld their constitutional right. They're like, hey, you know, you, I like what you're doing out here. You know, you're not breaking any laws. Just don't trespass and, you know, have a great day. And, I mean, that's um, – those guys have watched the YouTube videos and they have, you know, they, they, they've they researched the, the Constitution and researched the case laws, uh, of which there are many set up for years of, of guaranteeing, you know, the citizen's right to film in public. and uh, and, and that's – I didn't know that that was the thing, man. It's, it. I know that's not good as far as like trying to generate revenue by auditing, but that's not the main goal, right? The main goal is to actually educate and, and create a more freer society. And I think that that's actually doing it. You know, like when, when cops aren't engaging, that's, that's, that's a win. That's a huge win. Right. I mean, we've seen several instances, you know, that where people were just filming gotten, you know, guns pulled on them or they've gotten, you know, even like women, like this, Homeless women just frail, like holding up a camera, getting you know brutalized by cops for doing nothing other than filming, and the taxpayers are ultimately held responsible for that in the form of lawsuits. You know, billions and millions of dollars of lawsuits have paid out for people who have been attacked and kidnapped and caged for doing nothing other than filming, and the fact that that, that they have a memo just for you, dude, is is huge, man. It's just a testament to what, you know what you've been doing over the years and. I got to say, that's pretty badass. I'm I'm, uh, I'm excited. I, I didn't know that, and I'll, I'm glad to hear that. I, you know,
0: I, I I, tend to not take that as a win because I would rather them tell the officers, like, look, man, go and read it. And under, you understand it. Don't read it to him because he already knows. Go home and, and educate yourself and read this so that when he's out there, you know, and look, man, there's a sidewalk, okay? And most traffic stops happen on the side of the sidewalk they cannot impede your, uh, your, your flow of travel. So if you're walking on the sidewalk and you get a little bit too close, that's, it's not your bad, dude. It's, it's, you're not there to do anything wrong, The various reasons. You're just there to document and record. Um, I've heard police tell us that we can't walk on the sidewalk, and that's not true. That's not necessarily true. And it also makes for a good cop watch because if a cop comes out and says, stand over here, stand over there, um, look, man, in, in reality, I feel like because of Glick versus Kniff, the cop can only basically tell you um ten feet and that's it. At, at this point, like and I've heard people say, even myself I've said this as well, that it's not uh established in the in the Supreme Court that ten foot is established. They left that open to interpretation by saying um in a timely place and manner, which basically want lets the cop want to say, okay, well. You know, it's it's not a timely place and manner. And right here, go 20 feet, go across the street. They try to abuse that. But in reality, who can say that is a, a, a timely place and manner? You, in reality, because you're the one that's ultimately uh, responsible for your own safety. Castle Rock versus Gonzalez proves that. So officers that come up to us and tell us, you got to move back, yada, yada. Um, hey man, uh Castle Rock versus gonzalez bro like you 're not responsible for my safety, so save that shit for somebody who doesn 't understand you know what 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 it what it 's all about, and look, most of us don't understand that 's why they get away with this, yeah. pushing us back and
1: yeah no, i'm so glad you touched on that, man. I actually just made a meme uh similar to some of these you know interchangeable default excuses that cops use to try to intimidate. Uh, auditors or cop watchers, I I feel like there's five of them, right? There's these five phrases that they use over and over again. I mean, the first one, and I'm sure you've heard of it, I think I've even seen on your video. Well, in this day and age, after 9-11, you know, we have terrorists, so you have to ID yourself, David. There's that one, of course, the whole interfering with our investigation, which you touched on. And of course, that's subjective as well. Until they put up the police tape, there really isn't a defined area, you know, where you can't stand. I mean, I, I recommend always give the police a little bit of space because yeah, they'll use that as an excuse to literally physically assault you. Um, the other three are, of course, uh, you know, I feared for my life. It's the standard default for any type of, you know, police violence. And then uh, obstructing justice, they throw that one around all the time. You know, I mean, that, can't really be defined either. It's just whatever, you know, they feel like it applies to in that moment. And then the last one, of course, is resisting arrest. And, uh, you know, if you do anything to even slightly pull your hand away from being pinned behind your back, like you had done to you in one of your videos, you know, it could easily be pinned on you as like a, you know, a resisting arrest charge. And these, these people, you know, unfortunately it feels like they don't They don't acknowledge the fact that we're their bosses. Like we literally pay their salary, you know? And I understand that dynamic is a bit confusing and complicated, you know, because yes, these people have like authority with law enforcement, but ultimately at the end of the day, like I've never been able to treat my boss, you know, in the same manner that these people talk to, you know, uh, accountability activists. And um, one of my favorites was actually one of the videos that I think you did with um, Desert Community Watch in martinez california i think it has about like 1.5 million views i think you uploaded in like august and basically like the officer rolls up to the scene and he immediately starts barking orders at you to both guys um some shit like uh what you can't multitask or something like that and you like immediately flip the script on him and start asking him questions like hey are you doing anything you're not supposed to do or keep your hands where, yeah, you, so, could, where you could see them, <laughs> you see know? <laughs> and, uh, he did not like that at all, man. It's like, well, like, what do you expect? Like, we're your boss. Like we are the people who employ you yet you come out here and, and you talk to us? Like we're some peon. Where does that mentality start from? You know, like, is it just police culture in general?
0: Man, when, uh, I, when I did my very first audit by myself, the police were called on me and it was here in Bakersfield was, I was doing the post office, this is one of the things, man, I think I used, we used to kind of recommend if you're afraid, go to a post office and record. The cops will come and you're not doing anything illegal and they'll leave you alone. Right. So I was like, I can do this. <laughs> so I went out, record it. The cops were called on me. Sure enough, man, put them, on the ground, put your camera on the ground, have you sit on the ground. Um, mind if I pat you down? Both cops are coming around me and I was just like, I was scared. I was so scared. Um, but I, I went back to the videos I was watching and uh, I knew what to say. And I said it and I ended up walking away. One of the things I would have wished I would have done on that video is when police officers tell you, when, when you ask a police officer, Am I free to go? A police officer's like, Yeah, you're free to go. I should have said, well, then I'm free to stay. But I was just so happy to be to be let like, go from being there. I was like, "See ya." Right. I was happy, but you know, it's it's a scary feeling, man. But I, let me just say this, okay? I recommend everyone give it a shot, even if it's from a distance, even if you're in your car, if you're if you're at a gas station, or if you see uh, a a traffic um, stop, get your start practicing now. Even if you're on the freeway. And you see a traffic stop, practice pulling out your phone and pressing record, unlocking your phone, whatever it is you gotta do, and practice, try to get it. I have hundreds of videos of me just passing by cops on the freeway. Why? I don't know. Wasted space, maybe? Or what if the cop pulls out, or what maybe, you know what? It's not even always the cop. What if the person actually injures the cop, you know, and then tries to say um, the cop did this? My videos could ultimately help the officer, not just the person. So Great. one of the things to, ans- to answer one of your questions which you asked me before, I kind of I know I went off on a tangent, but for the people <laughs> that look at us in a bad light or whatnot, um, that's one of the reasons why I put transparency in my channel name. Um, one of the things that we know is you got, you got channels like Mike the Cop. Um, you got other different channels where Ooh. these guys have millions of followers, man. So they got a ton of support. So I knew that I didn't want to be considered to be on the other side. Like, oh, these are the guys that love cops, and these are the guys that hate cops. I didn't want to be that. So I figured I was going to show the good and the bad, right? Um, Obviously, for the work that we do, and and I'm not going to lie, man, when we have videos where cops actually help people, they get a lot of praise on my channel. Um, So, you know, I I tried to make sure that I was going to go down that route instead of going down as, as a uh, police hater or whatever. First and foremost, man, I have um, lifelong criminals in my family, and I also have law enforcement in my family. Um, so I try to look at this down the middle and, see, and try to find some kind of, uh, you know, uh, resolve, resolution to what's going on.
1: Totally, man. That That's definitely important. You know, We try to also highlight the, the good officers who are doing positive actions. Now, does that mean they're not complicit in an institution that's ultimately funded by stolen money to initiate violence on peaceful people? No. But by highlighting these positive acts, at least we're putting the good, the positive, out there. So maybe another cop happens to see that. And, hey, look, there's a few comments here from the general public saying like, I respect this cop, you know, like these are the types of cops I want. Maybe it just happens to plant a seed in his head. Maybe the next encounter he has with a civilian, he'll actually be cordial and remind himself, you know, why he took the oath. So it is important. It is, it's absolutely important to highlight the the good stories as well. It doesn't mean that we are, you know, pro law enforcement. It doesn't mean that we think that there is some salvage in the institution, I personally don't. I don't think it'd be reformed, but it's not going to be reformed or abolished overnight. So we might as well, you know, highlight some of these stories. And the other thing you touched on, too, is really important is that, yes, the camera is the great equalizer. It's accountability and transparency for both parties. And I think that's something also that we always need to vocalize when we are filming police, because it's, it's not just for us and our protection. It's for their protection, too.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, to make it fair, all police officers, the ones that are watching and listening to me, uh, understand that on camera, I too can make a mistake and do something illegal and be charged for it. Um, I did a video where I went up to this, uh, I guess it was like an ICE uh, facility, didn't have any markings, but we knew it was a government agency. I didn't even know what it was, actually. I just i just went over there just to go record. like Like all auditors do, we go to any installation that's paid with tax dollars right there's an artist named trevor wesley who little who made a little uh a song for me and he put all my like from that uh that martinez video he put a lot of my words in, in the video and it's freaking hilarious man he made music out of it <laughs> that's great um, but i went to uh and he's the one that's that made that song chivalry is dead i don't know if it's pretty good it went viral um but this guy uh i went to the, this This area and this uh, officer, I guess he was an ICE agent. I didn't know at the time, but he was wearing a blue line flag hat and he was sitting in his little Prius. And I walked up to him and I was like, he worked? No, which which he was lying. And I was like, are you sure? He was like, yeah, I don't work here. And sure enough, um, the other guy I was with says, you support that blue line flag? And he says, yeah, why? I'm American. And uh, he just looks at us. He's like, get a life. And uh, I'm not going to lie, man, this is not one of my better videos, and I'm not too proud of that video, but I was like, F you, you get a life, and I just kind of cussed him out, right? Um, I, I'm not going to lie, that's one of the videos that I'm embarrassed of doing, you know? Um, I should not have stooped down to his level, um, but he was he was being a douchebag, and so was I. Um, and, and, you know, one of the comments that we get is, uh, oh, you guys are so unprofessional, yada, yada, Now wait a minute, when you... Write up a, pet- a petition for police officers to stop swearing in public. I'll sign it. But as far as me swearing, uh, swear words are are American as apple pie. So I, one of the things I represent is freedom. I uh, I don't and me personally, like I said, I want to lead by example. I don't want to be a douchebag, but at the same time, don't try to limit my speech. You know, what about writing up the petition for the cops when you hear them all the time swearing and? Get on the effing ground, and you know it's like that is more unprofessional than you could possibly imagine. People ignore all that. All oh, they're they're in a, uh, they're cops, you know. They're just. But well, what would you do if you were in that position? I mean, what would you do if you were in my position, talking to this cop who basically told me to get a life? Well, he gets out of the car. We walk side by side. He's on the other side of the fence. I'm on this side of the fence. So we're practically talking crap to each other. And then he said something about your mom my mom had already passed away, so I was like, no way, dude. So I cussed him out some more. Well, this officer in Bakersfield who pretty much hates me and doxes me every time he sees me and starts saying my address all loud and stuff for the camera, well, he I guess he's uh, watching my channel religiously, right? I don't know if he's watching it on duty or off duty, but he sees that video and he knows the guy. So he calls him and he's like, do you want to press charges? The guy's like, yeah. So they press charges against me. Next thing you know, I have a warrant. One of the things I do before I go out every day is I ask my wife, make sure I ain't got no warrants. <laughs> she checked she check for me. Um, but uh, come to find out I had a warrant. Dude, I, I went auditing and cop watching everywhere in California, but Bakersfield when not when I had a warrant, I didn't care. <laughs> I'm going out. Um, but it's funny. Cause my videos, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I was scared. I'm like, damn, I got a warrant. I hope they don't run me. But, um, yeah, man, uh, I ended up fighting that charge, and I beat it because they, what they did is they solicited a, a charge on me of, of offensive language in public, and that's another one of the was police use a lot, you right. know, disturbing the peace, offensive language in public. They try right. to threaten us with that. Yeah, I beat that charge, bro. It felt really good to do it.
1: Yeah, man, Cl- glad to hear that. And, uh, you know, it's ironic that he told you to get a life because last time I checked, you're the one who's actually making a living through voluntary exchange, and he's the one being paid through stolen tax dollars. You know, he's the welfare whore here, and uh, yeah, just you know the what, fact you—you know, you... ama- <laughs> you know what's amazing—that
0: you, you say that about welfare is. Uh, do you know that police officers actually get the exact same paycheck as a welfare recipient? It's stamped the same, it's sent the same. They they are welfare recipients, That's whether they like it or not.
1: Yeah, it all comes from the same place. So it's uh, Mm -hmm. not not much of a surprise. David, man, it's been uh, great chatting with you. I know uh, we're getting close to the hour mark here. Um, Just a couple last questions for you. What is code 148 subsection G? And why is it so important that all cop watchers and auditors in California know about that penal code?
0: Um, it basically stipulates that we're allowed to record in public. Um, they're not allowed to hinder our freedom of speech, our, our right to record. Um, and it's bottom line simple. Um, they try to use the 148, uh, 148 subsection yada yada to say that we're disturbing the peace. But it, 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 like, like we tell cops, the same laws that hold us accountable hold you accountable as well. So right. that's why we spit that at them, the 148.G. And there's another one, SB 1421, in California that allows us to get records uh, from police that, you know, they've been hiding. And here in Kern County, uh, Channel 17 News, once SB 1421 passed, Channel 17 News just did like a random, they picked like five random police officers, and they did a SB 1421 on one of them and found out that, this officer had arrested, I guess, a girl's boyfriend on a spousal abuse charge, and I guess this happens a lot, man. People don't know this shit, but um, he just started like talking to her behind, you know, behind the scenes, and he was using his personal phone to send her uh, uh, screenshots of his genitals. So, um, hey, and then later on, she was like, "Nah, you know, I don't, I don't think I want to hook up with you, man. Maybe, maybe he wasn't caring what she wanted." <laughs>
1: Probably those but, screenshots um, didn't didn't provide enough or something.
0: Yeah, she turned it into uh, <laughs> she turned it into some other officers later on, some woman officers that went to do a follow up. Uh, she she basically showed them the screenshots, and they wrote it on a report and they sent it in. Psh, nothing happened, but later on the news picked it up when that new law came out. And they're like, "This is what we found," and this is just one officer. Oh, wow. So yeah, man, we we could really should be doing all these. Records requests and 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 we need to look. We're we're in its infancy in First Amendment auditing. Uh, we have not even begun to scratch the surface of what we can do as a society to change things to hold public officials accountable. We're we're in its infancy. Um, let's see where it goes from here. I turned down a Netflix documentary. I didn't really like the way the guy was telling me like yeah, I want to record you in slow motion making your coffee. And I was like, nah, man, this is not even really about me, bro. Like, I don't even want to be famous. This is about the people. I'm only one of the people, bro. I represent the people. And uh, I think we all need to kind of have that mentality and see where we go from here, man. You know,
1: you know, the stories are endless. I mean, for, you know, the past, uh, Jesus, what has it been now, Matt, eight years, you know, we've been doing this. We've we used you to know, cover six stories a day, and you know majority of those were police accountability stories. We're doing three a day now, and you know we still can't keep up. I mean, there's there's so many, and yeah, incidents even within your local department. You know, there, there's probably a, a plethora of, and they seem to never ending. I mean, there's one thing. You know, these officers, law enforcement officers, they know how to abuse their authority every opportunity they get, and they'll invent new ways to figure out how to abuse their authority, you know. So, yeah, it is an endless job. It's a thankless job as well, you know. It's it's pretty rare that uh you get to have these kind of conversations with fellow cop watchers and and give each other a little bit of appreciation because uh a lot of people just tune out that whole side of reality, you know. They don't want to know everything that's going on. They want to believe, you know, they they want to be NPCs and yeah, police are on our side, like police are the good people. But, uh, with that said, dude, is there any suggestions, recommendations, tips, rules that you could give amendment auditors or cop watchers who are interested in starting to film the police? Yes. First and foremost, um, we work stronger as
0: individuals. Um, I've been offered so many associations, um, sign on with this, sign on with that. But look, man, um, we really don't need to, you know, as individuals, we have a, a common goal, a, a, a mindset of freedom of the first minute. And I've been uh, cussed out because I didn't want to join someone else's cockamamie association, and I've been shunned for the same reasons. Um, but look, man, from sea to shining sea, people are picking up cameras and recording police and public officials and holding them accountable. We don't need an association. We just need, you know, to be operating as individuals. We're stronger that way. We are, we, are, uh, we are big. We are the government. We are the people. You know what I mean? We need to really understand what's going on and teach our friends and family, whether they like it or not, whether they understand it or not. Look, my oldest son, uh, he was in the Marines when I started my channel. Absolutely did not understand what I was doing, did not even care to watch my videos. And Now he's out of the Marines. We've talked a lot. He's needed a job, so I've actually paid him to drive me to go cop watching audit places. While on the road, talking and talking and talking, he finally understands that I'm not a cop hater. Um, this isn't about an anti-police channel. When I get comments like, oh, um, so this is just another anti-cop channel, and I'm like, no, bro, we're not anti-police, but you got to understand something here. We don't love police here blindly either. You know, try to find some resolution to what's going on. So why don't you stick around and hopefully we can educate each other because I want to learn from you as well. There was a retired fishing game warden who watched a video of a of a of a, a positive interaction, another fishing game warden, and I mentioned that. Look, guys, on my channel, I want to highlight the good and the bad. So here's a, a video of a, of a fishing game warden who acted professional, yada yada. This guy seen it. He had already written some other books and he was like, I'm writing a book. So there's already been a book. He says it was inspired by me uh, because I was not like showing that I was a cop hater and that auditing channels are just like, you know, cops. So he started to really pay attention. He went back and looked at a lot of audits that were done, arrests that were made and he wrote a book. The book is called Rise of the Oathbreakers, first book written by. Uh, for, for First Amendment auditors, and it has a lot of arrests in there. It has a lot of channels that, for instance, um, I don't get along with anymore. Uh, why do I promote the book? I have no financial interest in the book, so there shouldn't be no question as to the validity of it or the importance of what you'll find in it. I believe that if mothers bought their teenagers teenage sons this book, it could ultimately save them a lot of grief when they're out in the street and getting accosted by a police officer or whatnot. Um, look, man, I never wanted to be famous. I turned down that Netflix documentary. Uh, I feel like whoever becomes famous, um, we'll all follow. Follow. We'll we'll follow behind because, like I said, there's a lot of channels that do do this for the good reasons, and people are starting to recognize and understand who those channels are, and those channels are starting to take off. Thousands, hundreds, thousands of subscribers, millions of views. Um, it's amazing. Another piece of advice when you're out there recording cops is look at them. Look at the police through your phone. Um, don't look at them in their eyes. Look at them through the phone. Um, this, this solves two things. First, you're not going to get the ex- accidental cam, right? You're not going to be looking at him and recording his crotch on accident, right, accidentally. No, you're going to – and you're, that solves that, right? You're going to get actually his face and stuff. But it's also going to let the officer know that he's not just talking to you talking to the people that are going to be watching this video. And I think that has kept me safe from arrest a lot. I've given up the secret so many times who picks it up. I don't know who discards it as useless information is beyond me, but you know, I simple things, man, look, we're activists, journalists, right? I'm a journalist, but we're also YouTubers now. Um, I'm a YouTuber. uh, So we also got to learn the ropes of YouTubing, uh, Learn how it's done. Learn how to be a good YouTuber. Always improve. Not just your knowledge of in the streets, but how to edit videos. And look at what I'm doing. I'm doing a podcast, man. I ain't never done this kind of stuff before. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm trying my best.
1: Sure. No, man. That... <laughs> and any,
0: anybody can reach out to me, Jason. Anybody can reach out to me. I'll do my best to help, bro.
1: You already know that. No, brother, that's so such an important, you know, I I started this, <clears throat> the same boat, man. You know, I'm not anybody special. Uh, Matt's pretty special, but you know, I'm, uh, not special at either, but just special, but, <laughs> but no, it, it really is important to, to, to point that out, man, because, you know, we're just people who are concerned and feel like we need to do something to step up to the plate and try to make things better rather than worse, you know? And I'm really appreciative too, that you, you really try to stay focused on keeping it neutral because the polarization of the country is at an all time high. And what that does is instantly turn people off from new perspectives and new ideas. If we can frame things without that polarization, people are much more likely to at least entertain the ideas that you're putting out there. With that being said, unless there's anything else you have, Matt, um, I think we should uh, try to wrap this up. Maybe you can share, uh, David, where people could find you. Um, all your social media accounts. For us, we're on Police the Police, is pretty much on every social media you could think of. We're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Minds, MeWe, Telegram. Um, so please reach out to us. We also just partnered up with Legal Shield, which is basically an app for 24 uh, 7 lawyer advice recommendations. There's a bunch of different services that they provide as being lawyers as well. I just did my will recently through them. So, uh, come to the freethoughtproject.com and sign up. Uh, what is it, Matt? Is it like 20, 24 bucks a month or something like that? I can't yeah, correct. it's 25 bucks a
2: month. You get all these different additions like uh, trial defense and, um, the, you, there's like a second amendment package that helps you, you know, defend yourself. Uh, have, gives you an, an attorney for any type of gun situation you might be in.
1: So it it is actually very beneficial and it's nice just to have that on standby. You could actually um, get in contact with a lawyer within four to six hours. So, you know, it's much cheaper than any other type of lawyer attorney services or whatever, but that's enough of a pitch. Uh, if you want to go ahead and share with our listeners where they could find you, David.
0: Okay. So my main channel is San Joaquin Valley transparency on YouTube. I am reaching out, branching out to, uh, you, uh, Instagram and Facebook as well. I have a second channel called San Joaquin News Network that sort of blew up because my main channel was taken down for a while, but it came back. So I got San Joaquin Valley Transparency, San Joaquin News Network. I just started a channel called San Joaquin Podcast. But I also have my youngest son who's been cop-watching with me since he was 14 years old. He's 17 years old now. He, um, his channel on YouTube is called gate 282 my oldest son, who was a Marine when I first started, who didn't really care too much about my work, he now has a check, San Joaquin Jr. He's done some cop watching with me, and he also shares videos as well. Um, and my other son, who was, who is was in school, um, absolutely did not want to even hear about what I was talking about or doing. Did not care. Uh, he was just being a kid, you know, at first out of college and, and just enjoying life, uh, in college, enjoying life. Um, and little by little, he was driving me around as well and understanding what I do. So now he has a channel as well called San Joaquin. None of this was planned out, bro. None of this was, I never expected to get big numbers. I just went out, decided to pick up a camera, record police, you know, and where it went from there. Here we are today. Um, I understand a lot more Did when I first started. Um, and I want to stay the route. I want to, um, not fall off and just become beside myself and forget about what I really wanted to do. Um, And like I said, man, uh, actually, I've told you this before, but I've noticed your work way back when uh, your work also is part of the reason why I'm here. Uh, It did um, wake me up. And I also was asleep uh, in the past. I did believe that cops were here to protect us. And in reality, policy, I mean, uh, case law states that they're not here. One more thing before I go. There's three policies that I always like to, uh, that I believe that we should look at, you know, in general. One of those policies is uh, um, internal investigations, right? Internal affairs, they uh, they basically investigate themselves. It's like my my kid punching the neighbor's kid comes over and is like, um, hold on, wait here, let me go talk to my son. I come back and my son was like, he was staring at me in a threatening manner. Pa, I thought he was going to hit me. So I come back and say, I'm sorry, we did an internal investigation. You know, have a nice day. Um, that's internal investigations. Qualified immunity. You know, you would think that qualified immunity would have been spoken about during this whole George Floyd incident, right? It was enacted a couple years after the, um, the Jim Crow laws were repealed. Um, why, why nobody's looking at that? trying to repeal qualified immunity and absolute immunity for judges, district attorneys um, who knowingly will prosecute somebody knowing that their rights were violated. We need to uh, absolve absolute immunity, qualified immunity. And uh, the third policy I believe is police unions. Um, Now police officers will not agree with any of these policies, but this whole defund the police madness, I, I believe that it's, doesn't really work somehow i mean no we can't keep throwing money at a problem right but hey if we're, if we're gonna keep paying them we're gonna keep throwing money at these guys let's start taking away these things let's create some heroes out there because like i say in my videos um police uh, police officer safety is not her- heroism uh public safety is
1: nah, that's a great <laughs> phrase to close on and i think you're you're spot on with that it's been a pleasure talking with you man Matt, Jason, thank you guys, man, for having me.
2: Thanks for doing what you do, man.
1: Thank you, brother. You're welcome.